Welcome to the CISSP Cyber Training Podcast, where we provide you the training and tools you need to pass the CISSP exam the first time. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to pass the CISSP exam and grow your cybersecurity knowledge. All right, let's get started. Good morning, this is Sean Gerber with CISSP Cyber Training. How are you all doing this beautiful day? Today is a wonderful day. As you all know, this is CISSP exam question Thursday. And today we're going to be talking about various questions that were tied to the last podcast that we created uh, that was back on Monday. And this podcast was an amazing podcast, but its was, purpose was to talk about account provisioning and maintenance. And this is with as it relates to the CISSP domain 5.5.1. So I know you guys are all going to be riveted to this total awesome podcast. No question about it. If you are, please do me a favor. Go to iTunes and like it. If you don't like it, then just don't subscribe. No, I guess that's what I don't know what else to tell you. But go to go to iTunes, check it out, put a like on there. I would appreciate this much. So let us get started and we're going to roll into question number one. What is the primary purpose of provisioning the context of user accounts? So what is the primary purpose of provisioning in the context of user accounts? A, authorization. B, authentication. C, identification. Or D, accountability. So what is the primary purpose of provisioning in the context of user accounts? And the answer is A, provisioning involves granting access to users and authorization is the biggest factor in that. That's the focus where it deals with identification, authorization, and users have the right of access based on their specific role. So that's the primary purpose as it relates to provisioning in the context of accounts. Question two, which of the following is a key security consideration during the onboarding process? A, least privilege. B, role-based access, otherwise known as RBAC. C, separation of duties or SOD or D, single sign-on. Which of the following is a key security consideration during the onboarding process? So again, looking at the test, looking at the actual, what they're, what they're asking is the security consideration. And the answer would be A, least privilege principle. Implementing the least privilege principle during onboarding ensures that only, that users get only the access they specifically and absolutely need, does minimize the risk of unauthorized access. <clears throat> Question three, what is a critical step in the offboarding process to prevent security risks? What is a critical step in the offboarding process to prevent security risks? A, account lockout. B, account termination. C, account suspension or D, account archiving. So what is a critical step in the offboarding process to prevent security risks? And the answer is B, account termination. Obviously, you want to terminate the accounts when you're during your people are leaving to immediately revoke access and prevent any lingering security issues that they may have with former employees. So I would highly recommend that you do this as it relates to your employees. Again, I've seen it too many times where accounts have been out there and available when they should have been deleted. Question four, what is the most important conduct? What No. Why is it important to conduct an exit interview during the offboarding process? One, to gather feedback. B, to update security records. C, to identify potential security threats. Or D, to assess job performance. 
Now, all of those can have some level of effect, right, when you're doing the offboarding process. Again, what is most important to conduct an exit interview, gather feedback, HR records, potential security threats, or to assess job performance. So an important part of that would be when you're dealing with security, obviously, and that's our focus of today, is to is see, to identify potential security threats. If you have a disgruntled employee, it, it would allow for you to have a smooth transition if they're not disgruntled. If they are disgruntled, you may want to immediately have them leave the company. So that's what happens during the exit interviews. Like say I'm, say I'm dropping my hat, I'm leaving, I'm leaving my company. They made it say, okay, well, let's have a little chat about that. And then they meet with me and they're like, why are you leaving? And I'm like, because I'm just ticked off at the world and I don't like working where I'm working. And they may decide, okay, great. Well, by the way, just pack your stuff up and leave because we don't want you to have access to these systems. That would be an important part of the exit interview as it relates to security. Question five, what is the primary objective of a role of engineering in defining new roles? What is the primary objective of role engineering in defining new roles? A, to increase complexity. B, to improve scalability. C, to enhance accountability. Or D, to streamline the processes. And the answer, well, before I go to the answer, what is the primary objective to role engineering in defining new roles? And the answer is D, to streamline the process, right? Role engineering aims to streamline the processes by defining clear roles and responsibilities, improving scalability, and enhancing accountability. Question six, which access control model is commonly used in defining new roles by assigning permissions based on job functions? Again, which access control model is commonly used in defining new roles by assigning permissions based on job functions? Okay, key word there. A, DAC, discretionary access control. B, RBAC, role-based access controls. C, MAC, mandatory access controls or D, rule-based access controls, or are you back? Again, which access control model is commonly used in defining new roles by assigning permissions based on job functions? And the answer is B, RBAC. RBAC is, is widely used in defining new roles, assigning permissions based on job functions, making it easier to manage access control. Question seven, what is the purpose of periodic access reviews during account maintenance? A, to identify dormant accounts. B, to update user profiles. C, to enhance system performance. Or D, to enforce password policies. Again, what is the purpose of periodic access reviews during account maintenance? And the answer, before I say that, to identify dormant accounts. B, to update user profiles. C, to enhance performances, system performance. Or D, to enforce password policies. And the answer is A, to identify dormant accounts. That's what's important about doing a periodic access reviews during account maintenance. Question eight, in the context of account maintenance, what is the role of privileged account access or privileged access management solutions, PAM, otherwise known as PAMs? Again, what is the primary role of a privileged access management solution or a PAM solution? A, to enforce password policies. B, to automate user provisioning. C, to conduct regular access audits. Or D, to monitor and control access to sensitive resources. In the context of account maintenance and PAMs, it is to D, monitor and control access to sensitive resources. PAM solutions are designed to monitor and control these access and dealt with them numerous times over over the years. They are really good for privileged accounts. People use them in all different ways, but privileged accounts is a key factor in many ways. 
Question nine, what is the primary goal of an account access review? What is the primary goal of an account access review? A, to ensure compliance with licensing agreements. B, to verify user's identity. C, to validate the necessity of assigned permissions. Or D, to assess the system's availability. Again, what is the primary goal of an account access review? And the answer is C, to validate the necessity of assigned permissions. Account access reviews do, their aim is to validate these permissions to ensure that the users have the appropriate level of access. Again, you just want to make sure that they have it and that it's, it's always good to keep your tab, your, to tap on those to make sure that they are what you anticipate and what you expect them to be. Question 10, how does continuous monitoring contribute to account access reviews? A, by monitoring user activities in real time. B, by conducting periodic reviews. C, by enforcing access policies. Or D, by automating account provisioning. So how does a continuous monitoring contribute to account access reviews? And the answer is A, by monitoring user activities in real time. By doing this, it does contribute to ongoing account access and allows that to ensure that you address any sort of security incidents quickly and promptly. Question 11. What is the significance of single sign-on in the context of account provisioning? A. Enhanced authentication. B. Strict access controls. C. Centralized user management. Or D. Simplified user experiences. Question 11 is, what is the significance of single sign-on in the context of account provisioning? A, enhanced authentication. B, strict access controls. C, centralized user management. Or D, simplified user experience. And the significance of SSO is the simplified user experience. Again, allows them from they have access to multiple systems with a single authentication, contributing to the streamlined account provisioning. Question 12, which risk is associated with improper offboarding procedures? A, insider threat. B, social engineering attacks. C, advanced persistent threats. Or D, cross-site scripting. Okay, so which risk is associated with improper offboarding procedures? And the answer would be A, insider threats. Again, if you do not have a good offboarding procedure for your employees, they could exploit their access uh, over a long period of time. And especially if they're in IT, they may have access to your systems that are beyond what they should. So a great or offboarding process should be used uh, when dealing with any sort of employees. Question 13, how does separation of duties contribute to defining new roles? A, by, cons by consolidating the roles. B, by simplifying role assignments. C, by automating role creation or D, by preventing conflicting responsibilities. So how does separation of duties, or SOD, contribute to, de to defining new roles? And the answer is D, by preventing conflicting responsibilities. SOD defines new roles by preventing these conflicting responsibilities, ensuring that there's a proper segregation of duties for better security. Question 14, why is it important to implement a strong password policy during account maintenance? A, to simplify authentication. B, to improve system performance. C, to prevent unauthorized access. Or D, to reduce administrative overhead. Why is it important to implement a strong password policy during account maintenance? And the answer is C, to prevent unauthorized access. A strong password policy 
during the account maintenance piece of this will prevent unauthorized access and enhance the overall security of the system. And again, when you have a strong password policy, it's it's important because as you're doing account maintenance on these systems and you have a strong password policy to make sure that you gain access to them, it's important because it will help you in just protecting the accounts from people that maybe accounts that have been compromised. And I don't know if you all saw that there was the recent um, mother of all breaches for credentials and very easily your some of your employees could be have been rolled up into that. What role does mo- role mining play in the context of account access reviews? So what does the role of uh, what does the role of role mining play that's in quotes in the context of account reviews? All right, so A is identifying patterns in user behavior. B automating the account provisioning process. C, enforcing multi-factor authentication, or D, discovering roles based on user activities. So role mining is digging into, you're digging into what the different roles are, and how does that play in relation to account access reviews. And it's D, discovering roles based on user activities. Again, based on what's happening to these people, what they're doing while they're operating this, it can contribute to a more accurate, efficient account access reviews because maybe those accounts, they're using them in ways that they were never intended to be using them, but they found a way to use them to basically get job done better. Don't just always assume that people are doing the using the roles inappropriately. They may be using them in a way that is correct, but they also may have found a way to use these roles in ways that can enhance their jobs but they were outside of the bounds of what you really wanted them to use them for at the beginning. So it's always good to do some level of role mining to understand what these people are actually doing using these roles for. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Uh, what you need to go over to cisspcybertraining.com. Check it out. Got some really good stuff for you over there. We've got different tiers of training that's available to you. One, if you're doing the self-study program, I've got the perfect course for you. It will help you pass the CISSP. If all the way up to the fact that if you got need something where you need more hands-on approach with me directly, I've got that available. Or if you are a business that's looking for cybersecurity talent that that needs some just a little bit of help in the cybersecurity space, I've got something for you there as well. So again, cisspcybertraining.com. Go check it out. There's a lot of great things for you there. Just a lot of free stuff as well. All these questions do come up on my blog post. You can have access to this, including the videos on, on this. It's all available there. And you can see it once it comes up. It's usually out about a week behind. So if you want to, if you're listening to this and you go, hey, there's a video I want to see, go to CISSP Cyber Training. The videos are out there on the blog post. You can watch them there and listen to them as well. All right. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And we will catch you on the flip side. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list, and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.